0: I don't know about you, but I often look on social media for accounts that have a particular name. Like for me, it's my first name, at Adam. Well, that was taken years and years ago. Of course, at AuthenticAdam is available on TikTok. You can see that to see my informal journey with this podcast and business. But today, I get to talk with the folks that own at Sauce. And we're going to do that right now on today's Authentic Avenue. Truff. A brand claiming not just a luxury social username, but also a luxury hot sauce. Today you'll meet its co-founders Nick Ajloni and Nick Guillem. and ever since getting a hold of that luxury social username, these two Nick's have been building their brand to appear all over the place. Which leads me to ask a question I haven't been able to do so much on this show so far. How, as a brand, do you show up authentically when you show up in so many different types of places? From the grocery store to a luxury retailer, how do you show up appropriately in front of the multitude of communities, personalities, and geographies in which you exist? Nick and Nick give me more advice on that, as well as their definitions for the word authenticity, and a little announcement about a brand new line they've come out with. That plus advice on how to find your own personal truth, even if you don't have a five-letter handle. So sit back, relax, and get saucy with me as I get real with Truff through Nick Ajloni and Nick Guillen. Today we're going to talk about sauce, about hot sauce, about other types of sauce in general. But the first thing I got to say before introducing these two guys is that I had a chance to try this product out. Now before, I was not a big buff of hot sauce or anything like that, but when I got this bottle and this box... I didn't know whether I was opening a bottle of hot sauce or whether I was opening a bottle of perfume. The top of this thing looks like a gem in and of itself, the cap of this bottle. So I'm really interested to talk about uh, what is certainly a luxury feel and a luxury look and a luxury sauce with the founders of Truff. I've got Nick Ajloni and Nick Guillen here with me. Nick, welcome.
1: Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us.
0: So tell me a little bit about this bottle to start off, because I know it's, um, it doesn't look exactly like a perfect cut gem, but it's a, it's a unique design. Can you tell me a little bit about um, what went into the creation of of the packaging first off?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, The packaging is custom. Um, We kind of wanted our product to, you know, look like it's in its own kind of category there. And one of the things we did to kind of draw attention to our our formula was incorporate a custom lid that was our interpretation of what a modern geometric black truffle would look like. Um, And that kind of next to the the vertical word truff down the front, um, kind of our goal was to help the consumer kind of more easily identify that this was a truffle product.
0: Got it, okay, so it is a, so a geometrical Truffle. I'm not sure that, I mean, outside of somebody who would know, I I can't imagine somebody would, oh, that's a truffle. I know what that is. Black
2: truffle. Yeah, it's like a modern black truffle.
0: Got it. Okay. So good, good intro here. Can you tell me a little bit about the the founding story? Why'd you get into into hot sauce? I know you have a particularly uh, notable uh, social presence simply because your username has so few characters and is a noun, which I don't think I've ever talked to somebody that has like a single word as an, as, a, as an Instagram profile or anything like that. I'd like to learn a little bit more about that from you. And then we can go a little bit into what the heck makes a, a luxury hot sauce. But um, can you start with sort of the digitally native beginnings?
1: Yeah, so Chuff was, I guess the, the idea um, started with an Instagram account a little over five years ago. Um, Nick and I, we had met in college and, you know, we were always very passionate about building things and coming up with new ideas. Um, at the time, social media was on the up and coming. And one of the things that, you know, we were really into was Instagram. And I happened to organically get the handle sauce. Just organically, Yeah, just organically. You know, one of the. What
0: what year did you get that in? Because that's like, I I, I would have thought that every major noun or word, like single word account would have been taken by, like, you know, within the first year of the existence of all these places.
1: Yeah, I think something happened or there was like a glitch in the system, but, you know, I had been doing this for, you know, many months up until I'd got the handle sauce. It was just like, you know, a cool little uh, side hobby of mine. And, you know, one day I was sitting down. Um, eating a burger and a glob of sauce just kind of like dropped down. And while I was doing my thing, I had typed in the word "sauce" and it was unavailable. And then all of a sudden, it turned green. Back when you know Instagram used to show you um, quickly if a username was available, and I hit save, and you know the DMs just started flooding in of people wanting to to purchase the handle for me and asking you know how they could get it for me, et cetera.
0: Oh uh, man, that 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 must have been tempting.
1: Yeah, it was very tempting, and you know, it was that moment when I hit up Nick A, who had uh, you know been building other businesses in college and working on various projects with me, that I had got this handle, and he was like super excited about it as well. And I told him, I said, "Hey, like this is really cool. This is like Times Square, in New York. Let's do something with it." Um, and then from there, we started, you know, just growing this really cool, authentic, dope. Lifestyle food account, um, and you know, after about three or four months, we started gaining a lot of traction, and you know, we built you know the follower count up to ten or fifteen thousand followers. Um, and we had some celebrities started following us, like Sam Smith. Uh, Complex Magazine followed us, and, and at that point, we were just like, you know, we can continue building this cool Instagram account, or we could take it a step further, you know, we could use this as a home base where a brand would live. And we, you know, had been seeing all of these brands kind of blow up on social media through Instagram and, you know, through digital advertising. And, you know, we thought, you know, this could be a, a great way for us to kind of take our stab at it. but. We wanted to really do it the right way. Um, and that led us into our first category, which was obvious to us. You know, we wanted to, to make a sauce. And when we looked at the, the hot sauce category, we saw a lot of opportunity. We didn't see any top shelf premium hot sauce brand that existed. No one was taking, you know, a luxury approach. Um, it hadn't been done before in the category. Um, a lot of these brands traditionally were built in retail. No one had really taken a brand and built it digitally through social media, talking to customers directly. Um, and no one had you know, taken the direct-to-consumer e-commerce model as well. Um, and from there, we kind of started the journey of building what is now Treff.
0: So as somebody with... A luxury hot sauce it makes me wonder what makes any food luxury? because when I think of the word luxury, all right, because I'm just a regular guy for the most part, I think, oh, that it, it's probably nice, but it must mean it's expensive what um how, how do you define, I guess luxury for 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 food?
2: I think in this case, um, you know, since our goal was to kind of make more of an elevated hot sauce, we looked at ingredients that we thought would elevate a product. Um, we looked at things like, you know, high end food ingredients that you would think of with the caviar and saffron and truffle and ways that, you know, we thought we could make the sauce a little bit more luxe and we kind of landed on truffle. We thought, you know, this is an amazing, um, food ingredient. And when we really went to the drawing board to try and incorporate it into the hot sauce, um, we felt like it was tasting great after a while. So, in you know, the the short answer would be the, the ingredients are what makes it lux. Um, but we also have you know the highest quality chili peppers we can get. You know, we use organic agave nectar. We use very high end. Um, you know, like our our truffle, we work with mycologists to ensure that our truffle is of the highest quality. So everything we do is to ensure quality and to create quality and. Um, for that reason, it costs us a lot more, but, you know, we're okay with that um, because we're happy with the end result.
0: Gotcha. So, th- yeah. And so, thanks for the clarification here because I, you know, as I've I've said, I'm not necessarily an expert here, but it makes me wonder, like, where, where the word luxury comes into something like food. And if it is ingredients, excellent. Because I think about luxury elsewhere. I think about, like, cars or clothes or, you know, stuff like that. And the inputs are just a little bit different. So that's helpful. That's helpful to know.
2: It's ingredients. It's ingredients.
0: Got it. Okay. So I'm curious about the uh, places where you show up. And the reason why I'm curious about this is because, of course, the show focuses on authenticity. But in order to be a a wide sweeping brand, you have to appeal to a, a, a number of different folks. And when I think about the word luxury it's hard for me to reconcile showing up in somewhere like a Neiman Marcus and showing up in somewhere like a Giant if you are trying to authentically speak to both of those types of communities. Of course, I know that a lot of this is up to the retail partner that you have. But you know, as I also seek to learn what the various avenues to authenticity are that the brands that I bring on have, I'm curious from you how you differentiate the way you appear, you market, or you speak to those sorts of folks, somebody who, like me, has three giants within three miles of here, and somebody who frequents uneven markets, which I don't.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think I think uh, the most important thing to remember there is that, you know, while we are luxury, we're not $1,000 luxury, we're still, you know, under $20 for our, our hot sauce. So we are able to um, kind of play in a few different arenas. Um, in the case of Neiman, Marcus, we, we kind of got connected with them very early in our inception and they thought we'd be a great fit for their Epicure pantry type section department and, you know, did amazingly well. And so we've been working with them very closely ever since. Um, and as we've kind of gotten a lot more, I'd say, exposure and awareness over the years, last couple of years, we've, you know, tested grocery environments. so. You know, Whole Foods, we started out here in the Southern Pacific region and it went very well. And we made our way nationally. Um, we worked with Wegmans early on as well and did what well, we're doing well, still doing well with them. Um, and then after proving out those two, um, you know, we looked at and connected with stores like Giant, for example, where we knew we could do okay in the grocery environment given our price point. Um, but to tie it all in, I mean, I think. Um, the price point is important. And I think that since we, yes, we are on the higher end of the category, but, you know, still not hundreds of dollars. So we are able to play in kind of multiple arenas and the middle ground being, um, I'd say the independent stores who carry higher end gourmet type products um, and, you know, olive oils, balsamics, things like that, cheeses, wines. And um, so we're able to kind of play in all of those different arenas and do it effectively. And we do, you know, rely on the retailers a lot of times to figure out how they want to best present this product to their audience because they know their shopper very well.
0: Of course, they they, they know best. And, you know, I, I'm guessing that you can be uh, more... Uh, descriptive and and differentiate more on your your own platforms. And by the way, folks, you don't just have to go to Neiman. You don't just have to go to Giant. You don't just have to go to Wegmans. You could just go over to uh, truff.com and get yourself uh, some of the products that uh, that they have to offer. And that's a good transition to a a broader question about this category. So uh, sticking with the fact that you got an Instagram profile at Sauce, is Hot Sauce the only place you're... uh, you're looking at because I can think of more sauces than that right off the top, and it seems like you have quite the platform to be able to market it. So, uh, especially with the holiday season coming up, anything else on your mind there?
1: So, yeah, we're we're actually looking at uh, launching in our first category expansion, which is pasta sauce. Um, something we're very excited about. We've been working a long time on R and to you know perfect our recipe and replicate that same great experience, um, that, you know, we were able to offer with our original hot sauce line. Um, so we're going to be coming out with a black truffle pomodoro and a black truffle arabiata, uh, which the arabiata has a nice little spicy finish.
0: Nice. I was thinking like, all right, so pasta sauce, first off, great choice. Secondly, Having tried the hot sauce, I'm like, okay, so what are they gonna do? Like a hot pasta sauce? And I'm thinking, no, you don't have to bring those two together. But I I'm down for a spicy pasta sauce. And I've never heard of that one before. Uh, I've heard of Pomodoro before. So um sweet. That's that's great. So is that gonna is that gonna be available in these stores also around the holiday season? when when, when do you think that's gonna come out?
2: Yeah, it's dropping very, very soon, actually, in the next next couple of weeks. Um the the original the the Pomodoro, it does, you know, we want to in good fashion to replicate, you know, truffle in a way. So we do have, you know, a slight kick in the Pomodoro. Um, and then we went with a hotter version as well, which is the Arabiata, which is kind of a, a spicier version of pasta sauce. Pasta sauce. Um, we are going to be launching this, um, of course, online, which is where our roots are, our digitally native roots. Um, but we'll, we'll be working with, you know, retail. We're going to be in the Southern Pacific Whole Foods region, along with a lot of other independents and, some other retailers that we're just kind of finalizing now. So there will be a good retail presence of this product. Um, but, you know, we're going to finish off this year being, you know, heavy D2C with the, the, the product. Um, and then, you know, in the next year, we'll be doing a lot more retail with the pasta pasta sauce.
0: So as you launch this new thing, right, now your sauce all over the place, you've got this big social presence I, I do want to throw in one nod to uh, another series that I'm doing in the podcast alongside of this about influencers. Uh, is that going to come into the fold here? Because as a digitally native brand, many digitally native brands are using influencers these days. How do you uh, how do you work with with partners specifically? Because you know when I think of hot sauce, I think of social. I think of hot ones. You know, I just think of celebrities. I think of people who are uh, who are into hot sauce and it. Whether or not you guys are doing something there, it makes me think of it. So I, I'd be curious to get your take on how you're using that particular avenue to authenticity as you grow.
1: For sure. So I think the way that we kind of look at, you know, this word influencer um, is similar to how we look at kind of some of the the ethos within our brand, which is remaining non-transactional with our approach and communication. And from the early days of the brand launch, You know, Nick and I would just be DMing people we thought were cool, um, people that, you know, we saw doing awesome things and, you know, they had amassed certain levels of following and, you know, we just reached out to them and we would say, hey, like, you know, really like what you're doing with, um, you know, the content you're creating, whether they're a chef or a blogger, Um, we have this new truffle hot sauce and wanted to send to them just to enjoy. And, you know, people were, were very welcoming to that. Um, a lot of times as well, we we had, you know, certain influencers, um, send us like their media kit and, you know, they would say, Hey, you know, I'd love to try it. Here's my media kit. These are my rates for posts and shout outs. And, you know, we would just say, Hey, like, we're not looking for anything in return. We really just want to send this to you and we want you to enjoy it. And I think, you know, that approach and remaining authentic and building these relationships with people um, has really helped propel our brand in the influencer category. You now I'm sure everyone knows someone that might have seen Truff on someone's story or, or posted about it. And you know we've never paid any influencer to post about Truff. Is that right? Yes, it's always just been very organic and authentic. And you know when you when you start these relationships with these influencers and it's, you know, Nick and I, the actual founders talking with them, there's a direct line to the brand. And, you know, if they like the product and they respect what we're doing, nine times out of 10, they're going to want to tell everyone about it. Um, and that's really just, you
2: know, what happened.
0: That's so interesting that I, and I get it like, Oh, we just, we just want to give this to you. Like do whatever you want with it. Post, don't post.
2: We don't want to come in with like a try this sauce, but like post it. It's like, no, we didn't hit them up for them to post the sauce. We reached out because we liked what they were doing. We love their account. We love what they're, you know, whatever thing they, whatever industry they're in or whatever it may be, culinary or, you know, music, culture, art, whatever. We, lo- we love what they're doing. We want them to try our product and there's zero strings attached. We don't want them to post it. We don't want them to give us a shout out. We want them to try their product and if they like it. That's we, we love that they like it, you know?
0: Right, exactly. That's clever. It's authentic. Yeah, it, well, it is. Because then, well, I mean, from the very mechanical, like you don't have to say this is a paid promo, to the, well, this person is only going to say it if they genuinely like it and if they genuinely want to tell people about it because it just sort of dropped in their lap.
2: A hundred percent. And we spent, you know, two years figuring out how to make this product taste as good as it does. And we would like the product, we would think it should speak for itself. We would think that... Um, you know, this is something that we think people will like, and that's why we feel confident sending it as a gift and, and people genuinely like it. And so we, we let the product kind of speak for itself and we genuinely want to cultivate a friendly relationship and we don't want anything in return because that wouldn't be a genuine relationship. That would be us looking for something and that's not the
0: case ever. Certainly. So then you got this. So this is, this is impressive to me. Because on the side, I'm thinking about influencers and like, uh, not many influencers like to work for free. But this is an interesting way to, 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 to get an organic message. They're not even thinking about a dollar sign. And as it relates to that big A word, I have, to, uh, I have to ask for some advice, which is not the A word I was thinking of, but some advice about authenticity. Here's why. Because my guess is that given that, there are many of prospective founders, marketers, brand builders who are seeking that sort of elegant communication With either influencers or their community. And they lack a few things. They lack maybe a luxury product. They certainly lack a five character, single word Instagram profile. And they just are trying to figure out how to speak their own truth. That's a weird way to put it because, well, just tell the truth, duh. But some brands and some people have avenues to that that make more sense than others. So for you, it's by giving out product to influencers. And if they talk about it, great. And if not, fine. You're building relationships and that that's what matters. To others, it might be the way they appear in retail. You know, so I'd be curious, maybe for some of the building blocks from you as we round out this conversation as to how folks can get started down that path to carving their own avenues to authenticity, whatever they may be. Would you have some advice for me there based on the way that you came together to form Truff?
1: Yeah, so I can just name a couple things um, and you know, what's interesting with our brand. I think there's a lot of things that we've done that appear extra, but you know, if Nick and I were to start another company, I think a lot of the learnings and inspiration um, that we took from this luxury point of view could be applied to any product in CPG. Um, you know, for example, it doesn't, doesn't cost anything to handwrite, Thank you for your first purchase notes to your first 20,000 customers. You know, it doesn't cost anything to respond to your customer service emails within two to three hours. You know, it doesn't cost anything to really take the extra step and try and develop the relationship emotionally with your customer. You know, are you doing the extra things that you see a lot of these luxury brands? You know, you go into a high-end luxury boutique handbag store. And yeah, they're, they're selling something that's very expensive, but they're treating you like gold. They're treating you like royalty. And you remember that when you walk out with the expensive bag that you paid that they gift wrapped and, you know, stamp waxed it and they're following up and making sure everything's how you want it to be. Um, so I would just say there's a lot of things that you can be doing that don't need to be done just because you're selling, you know,
2: a premium or luxury product thing i just add is like a good way to sum it up is like being a good person like we're genuinely caring about our customers we genuinely want the customer experience to be incredible if someone has an issue if their bottle happened to break or um if whatever they they got the wrong shipment or if anything happens we want the customer to feel like they're treated like gold and it's not because we're we're doing it fraudulently to just like have make them like us. It's because we care about our customers. And we kind of apply that being a good person into all aspects of business. And when you are truly, I guess, authentic being the word, it, it I think it shows over time. And, you know, even someone sending a, a hate comment on a, on a Facebook post or something or an Instagram and us saying like, hey, like, really appreciate the feedback, like we'll let the team know or whatever it may be you know a lot of times that converts to a customer because it's us genuinely wanting to make sure that their feedback was heard and our team was made aware and then realizing that we're those type of people and that type of business and then then kind of changing their opinion and then spreading the good word to everyone else and so i think the way to be authentic is to be authentic and like actually be that good person and that'll trickle into every other aspect of the entire company
0: it's almost weird that we have to say just be a good person Especially these days, but it is a good message. And listeners, I would advise you as you build out a, a brand or, or just work somewhere, you know, whatever. Figure out ways in which, of course, <laughs> how to be a good person. I mean, it's pretty easy to write that list. But but how about ways to individually engage folks? Stuff that it doesn't cost anything to do, as I've just heard here. I mentioned that on LinkedIn, uh, you know, a number of weeks ago in talking about how, for me, if at this stage of my uh, venture here is very early. So when I have a, a founder or a chief marketing officer post about an episode of mine on LinkedIn, right? And it gets like 50, 60 likes, you know, that's great. Community people appreciate that content. I will do my best if I can reach them to get out to all of those 50 or 60 people just for engaging. Say, hey, hope hope you enjoyed the content, you know? And, and then maybe down the road, if they say, oh, I did go back and say, oh, well, would you consider following? You know, that that's not... A hard thing to do other than the time input maybe make a list for yourself and figure out what you can be doing also because uh that especially this year type of personal interaction um should not be uh should not be overlooked so as far as our conversation today uh it's fitting that i've been back to back all day today doing interviews i haven't had lunch yet so now i kind of figure out what i'm going to put on top of that lunch even if i uh don't know what exactly that lunch is and for learning a little bit more about the luxury hot sauce market, what you all are doing in the world of relationship building, and all things sauce, Nick, Nick, <laughs> Nick Ashloney and Nick Guillen from Truff. Thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Thank you, man. Thanks for having us. This was fun.
0: I got to say, after trying the hot sauce, and I wasn't a huge hot sauce guy, as I said on the show, I got to try this pasta stuff out because that much more familiar to me. Hopefully you go out and find it too. Thanks, Nick and Nick. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe and review across wherever you listen to this podcast. If you do so on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it out right here at the top of the show. And hey, I'm also elsewhere on social. LinkedIn, pretty heavy there. Authentic Avenue and Adam Connor, Of course, I'm there personally. And I'm documenting this a little bit more informally on TikTok at AuthenticAdam. Snippets about how I'm running a business and putting a show on all at the same time. And finally, email's always good. Adam at AuthenticAvenueMedia.com. Say hi, recommend a guest, recommend something. I'll be happy to hear from you. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying, Until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.